What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The fix is in, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Bower and Rose podcast, the Bower and Rose show, hosted by our friends at JustTheNews.com and Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125. Well, it's Tuesday morning in Monstropolis, and the president's been indicted again. He now faces 121 criminal indictments. It's lawfare against Republicans. It is now a criminal offense to object to election results if you are a Republican. And we call America a free nation, Gary Bauer. Yeah, Tom, I mean, seriously, this is uh, it drives me crazy that so many people, um, you know, people at National Review and other places, they they only talk about this in the context of Trump. You know, this is well, this is what Trump's done. You know, he's he's divided the country, drives people crazy. Yeah. Come on. So does that explain, you know, pulling a pro-life father out of his home, you know, at 630 in the morning in front of his children and handcuffing him, treating him like he's a war criminal or whatever? It's not just Trump. It's not just aimed at him. In fact, you can make a strong argument that the purpose of all of this is not only to take Trump out, it is to to make it clear to anybody that would replace him that if you, by some fortunate set of circumstances, win the nomination and go on and get elected president, you'll be tolerated as long as you don't do anything serious to reverse the march of America to this uh, transformative nation that the left is trying to build. As long as you conduct yourself in the tradition of moderate republicanism, we'll let you have an occasional term here or there just to keep the sheeple under control that they still have some say over the course of their lives. It's a message to all of the voters and the people that would work in an administration of somebody like Donald Trump. Notice that the indictment in uh, Georgia is not just of him. It's of 18 other individuals, including Rudy Giuliani, Mark Meadows, three people that served as Trump's attorneys, the man that was the head of black voices for Trump has been indicted. Oh, my goodness. What could possibly be the reason for that? This is so obvious, Tom, what's going on in almost any previous period of our nation's history. It would result in a reaction much larger and much more serious and much more dramatic than what happened on the morning of uh, January 6th. It's it's now a criminal offense to object to election results if you're a Republican. Trump and 19 associates, as you just indicated, primarily his lawyers who objected to election results are charged this morning 
with Georgia's state equivalent of the federal RICO statute, which uh, can be used against any group of individuals deemed to use criminal means to attain an objective. The law is written, as you know, Gary, so broadly in order to make it very, very easy for prosecutors to get a conviction. This is from the indictment. Quote, it, it literally reads like something out of George Orwell. The defendants and others known and unknown to the grand jury constituted a criminal organization. This is a client and his lawyers whose members and associates engaged in false statements. Now it's a crime to uh, say things that they allege are not true. Impersonating a public officer, forgery, filing false documents. And those documents, of course, were objections to Georgia's uh, Secretary of State's certification of the election. So when you now file a document... That a legal document, a proper legal document that objects to an act of a Democrat state official, that is an act of conspiracy to defraud the state. It was a 98-page indictment. This judge, Fannie Willis, I don't eat breakfast and... You'll know why. If I did eat breakfast, it would be all over my clothes after having read the most disgusting, fawning, slobbering profile of this judge on the front page of the Wall Street Journal about how she grew up and her father, how she gets to work at 630 in the morning. And, and it, was, it was unbelievable. I mean, I wouldn't write... A press release about Gary Bauer, if he paid me, that was as flattering and slobbering as this. Trust, a- trust him, my friends. I did pay him, and he would not write it. <laughs> he, no, this this woman is a is a total Democrat hack with associations and relationships with Black Panther terrorists. She's a far left Obama radical who has used. The grand jury process to the point where the website at the Fulton County Courthouse released the indictment together with a docket number and an assigned judge two hours before the jury even voted. The New York Times covered that up. Reuters blamed it on a glitch. The problem is we now have a grand jury process, particularly at the federal level, even though these were state charges, that is so routinized in most states and in blue states, forget it, it's over. Um, it's, it, it's, it's a rubber stamp proceeding to handing an indictment over to a prosecutor. That's where the famous expression, uh, you can get a grand jury to indict a, a ham sandwich, that's where that comes from. This, according to the Bureau of Just, the Justice Statistics... Uh, 2010 is the latest year for which they have figures which should tell you something. U.S. attorneys prosecuted 162,000 federal cases in 2010. Grand juries reclined to return and in, declined to return an indictment in 11 of them. Not 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 11%. 11 of 162,000. That's 99.996 indictment rate. So this jury process, the Georgia rates, by the way, are no different. And as if we needed any proof, we saw this last night when the Trump indictment was posted on the court's website even before the grand jury um, 
delivered it. If objecting to an election is a crime, why isn't Stacey Abrams in prison, the faux governor of, of Georgia, who still claims she's the governor? Why aren't Democrats who opposed slated electors in 2004 indicted on similar charges or any of the dozens of House members and senators who objected to Trump's 2016 election and still object to it to this day. But, of course, rather than reporting on this nonsense, uh, the media went straight into uh, uh, defend the court and attack and attack Trump mode. Reuters, you know, immediately had this piece the New York Times picked up. You probably didn't see it because you're not stupid enough to read the New York Times like I am, accused uh, critics of promoting, obviously, a right-wing conspiracy. I'm surprised, Tom, that you had time to to read it, given that you're usually hanging out at Bill Crystal's uh, Twitter account so you can have a stroke reading that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) No, but New York Times reports this morning, a court error, clerical errors are common in state courts. This is the kind of keister covering that make clown shows look like a precision Swiss watch factory. Well, Tom, look, this is, uh, by the way, as we're talking, this this just came in from Mitch McConnell saying this has got to stop. This is not good for the country. You're oh, kidding. Wait a minute. I'm, so, oh, I'm sorry. You are kidding. <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I, I misread. I thought this just came across that that's actually what McConnell said last week about talk about impeaching Biden. Um, I guess he hasn't gotten around yet to making a comment um, on what's happening in in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, it's really amazing, Tom, to see the, the, the uh, political establishment of America. Biden can't find time on the beach to comment on the disaster in Hawaii. Uh, Mitch McConnell can't find time to comment on the uh, totalitarian abuse of our legal system in order to take down the most popular figure in Republican ranks in modern American history. Donald Trump rivals, if not surpasses, Ronald Reagan in the degree of loyalty he has from his supporters. But of course, the party establishment didn't like Ronald Reagan either. (laughs) You know, that whole history has been rewritten. There are a lot of folks in Michigan who attack uh, Donald Trump because he's too far out there. And they're the same folks that attacked Ronald Reagan because they thought Gerald Ford was the ideal of what a Republican president ought to look like. Tom, I, I think you're absolutely correct, and it's legitimate for you to be bringing up, well, if this is the case, then why isn't that happening to right. the Democrats? Right. And so, but we're, we're way past that. Oh, I know. Hippo- Lord Byron's comment, hypocrisy is the tribute that vice pays to virtue. This is about the ends justifying the means, no matter what the means are. There's no, if there's an analogy, perhaps, remember the Brezhnev doctrine, what's mine is mine, what's yours is negotiable. That's what this is. That's that's the doctrine of every two-year-old in America, but also (laughs) some fairly dangerous world No, that they have, I I mean, this is unapologetic, unalloyed. Hypocrisy misses the point because... They're not hypocrites, and the reason they're not hypocrites is because they don't have a value standard that they're violating. To but it's them, even, it's further than that, Tom. It's the country's being stolen. It's being stolen right in front of our eyes. What the 
hell are we going to do about it? This is what's happening is the end of America. That's what's happening. What are we going to do about it? The, the road we're on right now, the first fair history that is written down the road, if there's ever a fair history written, will record that while every generation since the very beginning of colonial America all the way up until the last few years has managed to rise to the occasion and save the country, sometimes having to do incredibly difficult and dangerous things. It will record that this generation failed to do it. We were either too soft, too interested in our balance sheets, too afraid, whatever it is, there's no sign that we're willing to do what needs to be done if a constitutional republic is being destroyed right in front of our eyes. And, you know, it's remarkable because it's so common and has become so routinized. Of course, Donald Trump was indicted on Monday because on Friday, the Justice Department made a total hash of itself and the rule of law by acceding to, quote unquote, a request from a Justice Department prosecutor, a uh, um, what do you call the, the uh, federal Special attorneys? Counsel. No, the the uh, what states attorneys did not a states mm-hmm. attorney the federal uh, I can't uh, remember prosecuting attorneys yeah or, prosecuting yeah. attorneys in Delaware um, a request to uh, uh, from the Biden family consigliere to become quote unquote special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden but of course it isn't about investigating Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. It's about covering up for Hunter and Joe Biden. The tactic of burying the real news with fake news never gets old, and it never gets old because it works. This is the fourth time that President Trump has been hit with a flurry, or shall I say slurry, of specious federal and state charges within 48 hours after major revelations about Biden corruption. The tactic of burying real news with fake news never gets old. It never gets old because it works. After all, what is it that we right now, right here, are discussing on America's favorite judeo Judeo-Christian conspiracist podcast. We're talking about Donald Trump, and they've even covered that path. I mean, after all, Democrats last week, before they were able to file the papers on this indictment, they made it clear, Gary, it's going to take a heck of a lot more than eyewitness testimony, bank records, audio, video, 20 shell companies, payoffs from Russian oligarchs, Ukrainian oligarchs, Chinese communist energy consortiums, together with complete sworn confessions for Democrats to concede that maybe it's possible Joe did something wrong, like using, you know, a an express checkout lane to get his 15 items of groceries through the Winn-Dixies. Biden did nothing wrong. 
And anyone who suggests he did is a criminal conspiracist, a white supremacist, or election-denying racist. So naturally, Attorney General Biden appoints a special counsel not to investigate Biden, but to cover up for them. And then, of course, we have our friend uh, Brian Kilmeade on our favorite news channel dismissing the Biden bribery charges by reminding viewers that, All the allegations, Gary, uh, against Joe Biden as vice president occurred after the 2016 election. So it was really the lame duck period. Joe was just a lame duck at that point. So these charges don't really amount to that much because it it wasn't like he was actually a real vice president or anything. It was in the lame duck period, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Tom, during the aftermath of the 2020 election, uh, we surprisingly won four or five New York State House races, which ended up being basically the only thing that uh, uh, gave us the narrow majority we have in the House of Representatives. And Mark Elias, the you know, probably the leading hatchet man uh, for the Democrat Party on election issues, uh, accused Republicans of somehow – uh, getting into the voting machines in those congressional districts in New York and manufacturing votes. Uh, I mean, he, he pushed this for several weeks uh, and then decided that uh, that he was going to drop it. But, you know, the, the, you know, again, this stuff happens all, all the time. Uh, it, you know, the Democrats have questioned every election of a Republican for you know the last four or five elected Republicans. So, uh, but but I, I keep going back, Tom. What what is to be done? Because I I think there's almost a way where every new indictment and every new um, charge of the double standard uh, is con- is peeling off Republican and conservative and populist voters. And what I mean is they're looking at this and saying. Uh, okay. Well, it's it's done. Well, I it's over. It, it, so I don't need they're saying I don't need somebody telling me there's two standards of justice. Obviously, I mean, for crying out loud, they're even indicting Trump's staff, his lawyers. What? And, but I just got a call from the local Republican Party. They they want me to be a poll watcher. Or they want me to register three friends to vote. Well, what, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to start stocking up on food. I'm going to move to a red state, give myself a couple of acres and some guns to protect my family. Hope it passes over eventually. But how, how do you get people to, on, you know, when, when, when you have a movement It's a spectrum. There are some people that are so committed, they'll do anything. And then you just go along the spectrum, and there are some people right up to Election Day, they're trying to figure out, well, I I don't like Biden, but I don't really like Trump. I, I, I guess I'll vote for Trump. Along that spectrum, I fear we are hemorrhaging voters. Now, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe people are seeing this and going, my God, I, you know, I see what's happening. I might not like Trump, but I, I got to get out there and and uh, and stop this 
or my children aren't going to grow up free unless we tow the line of some, you know, tech uh, titan and his big deep state allies. Um, I, you know, they, everybody's talking about the fact that you, you had a real emergency in Hawaii and, and, and none of the sirens went off. Well, we're in a real emergency. Where the heck are the sirens? Why isn't every Republican that can draw a breath going to a microphone and saying, this has got to stop? Because they're more concerned about destroying Donald Trump. They think that the source of all the polarization is Donald Trump, when in fact, as we know, he's simply the result of Donald Trump. Molly Hemingway at The Federalist, I was listening to her podcast. I think this is the first time we've ever promoted uh, another podcast. She's got a great podcast with David Harsani. Um, she's a sports nut. I don't know whether you know that, Gary. Uh, Gary, you're, yeah. Gary's just a nut, but Molly is a sports nut. She says, and she's absolutely right, if there's a silver lining here, it will be that now we have the opportunity to relitigate the 2020 election, not to overturn the result. Obviously, Joe Biden is president. Obviously, he's been president. Obviously, it's his cabinet. It's his disastrous policies, which are wreaking destruction, not only here at home, but causing grave instability around the world. That 2020 was the 1972 men's gold medal basketball game for politics. Remember that? 1972. By the way, it was just five days after uh, the most infamous act in the history of uh, the Olympics, the massacre, the murder of 11 Israeli athletes by Palestinian terrorists. The Soviet Union won the 1972 men's basketball gold medal in the most flagrant, egregious... But here's the... her, Her point was... By the rules of the game, which the officials had the authority to change in progress, that the Soviets won the game. Why? Because the rules kept changing. I was watching this on on YouTube the other day after I heard her. It was an amazing game. Uh, uh, the U.S. had never lost a men's Olympic basketball game, let alone a gold medal. I remember remember it well. 63-0 was our Olympic record. In that game, by the way, the Russians were ahead most of the game. I mean, by that time, they fielded a good team. We were still playing college athletes. The game was tied um, at uh, 49-49 with, like, seven seconds to go. Um. We finally uh, stole an inbound pass and scored. The clock expired. The Russian, the, the officials came back and said the Russians were call, trying to call a timeout, trying to call a timeout. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. There's no video evidence. They didn't have 37 cameras, you know, in, in, back in those days. So they gave the Russians um, an extra five seconds on the clock. Uh, we got the ball. We scored. The game ended. At that point, the rush, the officials said, no, no, th- there was a clock malfunction, and there are three seconds left on the clock. The Russians took the inbound pass, Hail Mary pass, 
scored, they win. The Americans to this day, the American Olympic Committee, the U.S. Olympic Committee and the team to this day refuse to acknowledge that Russia, the Soviet Union, won the 72 men's Olympic gold medal. That's all we're saying. We're not saying they didn't go home with a medal. We're not saying in the record books that they they won the game. We're saying it was rigged. We don't accept the results. We're not going to start a riot. We're not going to burn down the city. We're not going to break windows. We're not going to attack law enforcement people. We're not going to kill people or shoot people or, or loot or arson. But we do not accept that that game was legitimate. And that's so, all we're saying about the 2020 election, because we know it was rigged. Rigged. Well, yeah, st- but there's where the analogy falls apart, Tom. You, you, no, I, you thought, I, was so, I thought I was so good at that. Yeah, no, it, it's very good. I worked on that. To, I worked to on that. Thanks to Molly. Thanks to Molly Hemingway. But idea. apparently, Molly, Molly Hemingway is not good enough for Gary Bauer. Well, the point I was going to make is you mentioned all the things we didn't do in the aftermath of the game. Because it was, after all, just a game. But this isn't a game. This is the survival of our constitutional republic. Okay, do you feel better now minimizing my magnificent recapitulation of Molly's? So all those things you mentioned, uh, one one would have to ask if we believe what we say, and I believe what I'm saying, it, it calls for more than having a blog or a podcast or whatever you uh you know of course tom uh sometimes i i worry you're not up on the popular culture just like you worry i'm not but you you heard about oliver anthony and his song right oh he didn't hear about it uh the 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 the, the riches to richmond or riches rich from riches men north of richmond and he thinks i don't know who that is yeah, so you, you've listened to it? I have listened to it. So, uh, in my view, th- th- there's obvious reasons why that has hit a nerve. Um, I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for, for BS rac- pay, Yeah, for crappy pay or whatever. So I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away, it's a damn shame that the world's gotten to for people like me and people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is, oh, it is. Living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men north of Richmond, Lord knows they all just want to have total control. Want to know what you think? want to know what you do, and they don't think you know, but I know that you do, because your daughter ain't, your dollar ain't crap, and it's taxed to no end because of rich men north of Richmond. That song has hit an unbelievable nerve, and I would just point out, Tom, this is, this is the second anniversary of the B.S., that happened at the Kobol airport. Since then, we've had what happened in East Palestine, Ohio. We've had what's happened for months, years at the southern border. Uh, what's happening in Hawaii right now. 
what's happening even in the liberal capital, cultural liberal capital, liberal capital of Manhattan, where people are going in front of cameras saying these illegals are being treated better than New Yorkers who are American citizens. Here's what's happening, Tom. We are on our own. The left doesn't care about Kabul. It doesn't care about Manhattan. doesn't care about people at the southern border. It doesn't care about suffering people in Ohio. It doesn't care about the working class people out of in Ohio. All it cares about is power. And it is showing every one of us that it is willing to do anything and everything to smash the American people so that it can keep power. And the only freaking vehicle we have to stop them is the Republican Party. And two thirds of it doesn't have the you know what to do a thing. So I saw some guy the other day say, uh, and it wasn't just Joe Sixpack somewhere. It was a guy that's around, writes columns and so forth. And and he said, I'm getting this gut feeling that a bunch of young American men are getting ready to do something. And I just hope that it's not too late and that I live to see it. And he did not expound on what to do something was. But it's getting closer and closer to where the choices are not just merely vote, because they've already shown what they're willing to do when we vote. And, and I, don't, I don't even want to give voice to what I'm hinting at because I don't want to be indicted. Um, look, I, look, I, don't know I, how, I don't know how this can continue. Look, I do not know how this can continue. The election interference of 2020 in the days leading up to and including the election itself and its aftermath, already pales in comparison to the unprecedented third world style election interference that the Biden Justice Department has already imposed upon our system. We've never seen anything, not even remotely like this, anything even close to this. The leading contender... For the Republican presidential nomination, the primary opponent of the Democrat incumbent and the Democrat attorney general who leads in the polls now faces 121 criminal indictments that, if added up together, would account for nearly 450 years in a federal prison. This is election interference. All they need, Gary, all they need out of these four juries in Democrat districts, in front of Democrat judges, with uh, tainted jury pools, is one conviction. And even if Donald Trump wins the election, which I hope and pray and will work to see that he does, they will not stop. If he exercises pardon powers, he'll be impeached. By whom? 
Well, one has to assume that even if Republicans somehow manage to take the Senate, there won't be enough Republicans with the backbone to stand up to the insurgent Democrats in demanding a third or fourth or fifth impeachment. There'll be court rulings which seek to overturn or overthrow the election. Remember in 2020 when all of our friends, you mentioned our good friend Bill Crystal, were trying to organize movements across the country to get sworn electors to change their votes from the winner in their state to anybody but Donald Trump? That election interference was absolute child's play compared to what we face now. Everybody knows the 2020 election was rigged long before Election Day. Those who claim it wasn't rigged, uh, those who claim it, 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 it uh, wasn't rigged or stolen... Uh, because on a technicality, they changed all the technicalities, Gary. They did it then. They haven't reversed them. In many states, we've got better election laws than we had in 2020. Those who rigged it can claim all they want that it wasn't stolen on a technicality because they're the ones who put in the new technicalities. They changed all the rules before the election to make cheating easier, to make verification harder. Right before tip-off, the refs announce massive new rules changes. And with three seconds to go, they change the clock so that the Democrats get another chance to win a close election. Then there's the media, right, which engaged in this unbelievably widespread coordinated propaganda campaign designed to hurt Trump and help Biden. This is what, and I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a political consultant, this, if there's an opportunity in all these indictments and all these trials to relitigate what has happened and present it in the context of what is currently happening, then Why wouldn't the judges rule any, any such attempt out of order. She's a partisan. Right. They've rigged the whole thing. Why? Why does I mean, even my good friend Molly, why does she assume that the judge will go? Oh, crap. I was hoping you didn't think of that. Well, yeah, I got to let that in. No, she's going to bang, bang out of order. No, you're not bringing Nancy Pelosi in as a witness. I'm not going to tolerate a circus in this classroom. There's one thing before this jury. That's only way that uh, they will rule everything. And if the it's brought up again, you bring up one more time what I've ruled out of order. I'm going to hold you, attorney, in contempt of court and throw you in jail. What? Who's going to do anything about it? Are, are 100 uh, or 50 Republican senators going to run to a microphone and go, no, let me say something. No, I want to say it first. Let me know. No. They're going to pull the covers over their heads and go back to sleep, hoping that somebody will remove from them this horror show called Donald Trump so that they don't have to keep facing unreasonable demands from the voters that sent them to Washington thinking they were actually going to do something to save America. Tom, I keep bringing up the song because I am at the point where I think there is nothing the legal system can do that's going to make any of this right. That it's going to be left to something that we can't name, we can't describe, we can't fully talk about. Um, 
that so many people will catch on that they will use uh, what's considered extrajudicial tactics. I, um, I, I've noticed something uh, unusual. You know, uh, try, that, uh, try, try that in a small town. That got labeled racist real fast. And um, it, it probably, that label probably had its effect. I, I have not seen videos of minority Americans uh, saying, I, well, I, I love that song. I live in a small town. Yeah, we wouldn't let that. I haven't seen much of it because I think, it, well, it, the courthouse there, there was a lynching 100 years ago. So obviously the singer must have been trying to make a point about lynching. But this song, you know, there's this thing that goes on now on, online, Tom, where uh, people have these blogs. Maybe we ought to think about this. Um, and and their shtick is they film themselves reacting for the first time to a song they'd never heard before. So sometimes they'll do it with young people. You know, they'll show some uh, young American of any race or whatever saying, you ever heard of Bob Dylan? Uh, no, I, maybe, vaguely, you know, well, he was around a lot in the 60s. And so I, I want to play a Dylan song for you and, and uh, ask you to have a reaction to it. And, and it'll be playing one of those songs, you know, that we've heard so many times. And you'll see this 17 or 18 year olds like grabbing their head going, wow, what is that? I've never heard. Oh, my gosh. Well, in the last 72 hours, I have seen multiple podcasts and blogs of young minority men. Hearing this song for the first time, I saw one yesterday. It was four black Americans. They all looked like they were maybe in their mid to late twenties, and uh, like, hey, what's what's this thing about this? What is it? Yeah, rich men coming from uh, north of, of Richmond. One, the one guy goes, "Where's Richmond?" And the other guy comes on. Where? Where's Richmond? Richmond, Virginia. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, Richmond, Virginia. So what? What is that type? Rich men north of rich men. And the one guy goes, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is Washington, D.C. north of Richmond? And the guy gets his cell phone and he's looking. Yeah, yeah, yes. So you mean this this song by who? this guy I've never heard of? I mean, this song is it's about the, the, the political elites, I guess. Well, yeah, I get maybe it's Washington and everything north of Washington. Well, let's let's quit. Talk. Let's just listen to it. And so you're watching their faces as they're playing this song. Tom, their, their heads look like they're ready to explode. Oh, my gosh, listen to that. Would you hear what he said? An old soul in a new age. Uh, what, was that? what was that reference about working all day? And the one guy goes, yeah, you know, uh, my dad could work and make enough to you know, take care of my mom and, and us. I think something's happening out there, but I don't know if it's happening fast enough to make a difference. But I don't think mere elections is going to do it anymore. I don't think talking about the obvious double standard is going to do it anymore. You've got a former president of the United States that can't get a lawyer. He can't get a lawyer. What 
the Hades are we going to do? I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. This is the Gary Bauer Show on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125, Bauer and Rose podcast at justthenews.com. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're right back. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back, everybody. Tom and Gary with you. Gary and Tom. Not Tom and Jerry. Tom and Gary. <laughs> Although sometimes we sound... Not Ben and Jerry, either. <laughs> sometimes we sound like... Uh, uh, Tom and Jerry, obviously, the massive Maui wildfires um, are the sole responsibility of global warming, climate change. Uh, That's just the way it is. That's the way the media reports it. That's the way the Democrats respond to it. Not providing relief or assistance or forest management, all kinds of reports. I've spent too much time to confess on this show on Maui. I know the island. My parents lived there for 40 years. I know the island extremely well. And uh, it's coming out now, Hawaii News Now, which is a great site, by the way, for Hawaii State News. It's coming out now that you're going to be stunned by this, Gary, so I hope you're sitting down. Environmentalists... stand up so I can sit down. Environmentalists in Hawaii, which is a redundant expression for state government since it is the most Democrat state in the country. Environmentalists struck down Maui County regulations designed to clear out a lot of the dead, uh, dry uh, grass and fallow fields. We talked about this last week as the, as the Lahaina Luna fires were raging. Hawaii used to be the West side of Maui used to be the most, uh, profitable and prolific source for um, pineapple, for sugar cane. The sides of the West Maui Mountains were were all uh, planted and served for more than a century as certainly America's leading source. That's all now been outsourced. And as environmentalists have kept this area off limits for either new development or reforestation, the tinder, the fuel built up to the point where the county petitioned the state for a permission to clear this out, to develop it, to do something. The state said no because it violates uh, environmental impact statement standards. Secondly, and this is just coming out now, the, Hawaii, the Maui County Fire Department asked the state for permission to massively increase the freshwater storage capabilities that its fire services had in the event, if necessary, in the event of a wildfire. The state not only said no, the state reduced the county's legal allocation of fresh water supplies to fight fires. Now, for those of you who unfortunately might not be familiar with Hawaii, it's not a desert. There is more fresh water. It rains every day 
you know, for five minutes, ten minutes. The summer is the dry season, but it's one of the lushest, wettest places on earth. Environmentalists, and this is the most Democrat state in the country. Envi- can, I, can I wait one second? Is that true of this particular community? Because I heard somebody referring to whether you were leeward or... Right. Leeward or windward. Le- the leeward side is the side where the fires were. The prevailing winds normally go, as you know, from west to east. But this Hurricane Dora that was spinning a thousand miles south um, changed the prevailing winds. So they came from uh, east to west. And the west sides of the islands, the island, if you look at them, the islands are like a little bubble. They all protect each other. And in the middle is this giant kind of ocean lake um uh that's why when you're in your hotel and you look out a window you can see five different islands Uh, it was very dry it was and tremendous winds the areas hadn't been cleaned out They, they had been collecting fuel for 50 years this was a report 10 years ago delivered to local government telling them that they were facing a disaster if they start, if they didn't start taking action to clear. And I haven't even looked at the latest numbers. What it's sixty dead or something? I mean, I, it's it's nearly a hundred now, and a thousand still missing. Now we know from previous disasters that often the missing have merely gone to live with other relatives or whatever, and we find out later that the worst has not happened. But they're talking about remains that are being found that are so obliterated from the heat of the fire that this one could be different. There, there could be a lot more people that burned to death than we know about. The fire at its peak was moving a mile a minute. I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. And yet the media, when they interview the president, which they don't get a chance to do, or Kamala Harris, which unfortunately they do get a chance to do, the media baits them with questions about global warming, not emergency response time, not federal relief, not when are you getting your butt over there to see what happened. It's all part of the political narrative. It's, it's just, it's so sad, it's so pathetic, the Democrat Party response to these fires in the most Democrat state in the country. They don't give a damn about the people of Hawaii. They're not on the ground there. What good does it do? Where is our friend, uh, Hawaii's favorite son, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Obama. Where is Obama? The guy that likes to say he's Mr. Kamaaina, the local guy. Where's Michelle Obama? Where are they? Have you heard anything at all from them? I don't... I have not heard a single prominent Democrat say anything other than trying to politicize these fires, blaming it on global warming. There's no attempt to go after the state for these egregious, now criminally negligent rulings that that deprive uh, Maui County officials from dealing with, and you pointed this out, they they knew this was a risk. They knew this could happen. It's been sitting there. These fields have not been cleared. The deadwood hasn't been. It's the argument. It's the the division between conservationists and preservationists. The preservationists are the ones who say that, you know, ants are more valuable than humans. We can't do a thing uh, with nature. And, of course, this thing was so preventable, so preventable. Yeah, no, I I agree, Tom. And. 
Uh, and again, I, I think, you know, all these things, we need to look at them in, in the context of a, of a larger pattern. Uh, Will Kane, who made a career in the sports world and then segued into being a regular on Fox News, a guest host, and uh, is, on, is on quite regularly. Uh, his family, his parents, owned some property uh, there, and so he, uh, Fox News, sent him to, to the islands to report the, the last several days. And uh, he was saying this morning, and these aren't direct quotes, but he was saying, look, I've been here a couple of days now, and um, almost everything that's happening that is good is being done by the people themselves. The rescue efforts, the resupply efforts. He said, I see an occasional police officer. I've seen an occasional soldier. How, how many military bases do we have in the Hawaiian <laughs> Islands, Tom? I mean, we can get 6,000 men sent overnight to Poland in order to send a message to Russia about the latest developments in Ukraine. And that's an ama- been- that's, that is a fabulous point. Honolulu is the number two uh, uh, employment spot <clears throat> outside of Norfolk, Virginia, for the United States Navy. 80 miles away from Lahaina are more than 100,000 Navy personnel, active, uh, reserved. I mean, it's even more than that. That's where our Pacific fleet is based. It's 80 miles away. It could be there in two hours. Yeah, and look, at any moment now, I expect to see the Chinese Navy arrive providing supplies. That is, you know, I have not heard a single... That's why I let you say speak on this show every now and again. Because every couple, three, four months, you will say something that's interesting. I've been following the story. I've been covering the story. It never occurred to me because no one's ever mentioned it. Of course, our Navy's based 80 miles away. Yeah. Yeah, look, Tom, he said, uh, Kane, Will Kane said, that the, he said the most direct um, contact or interaction I had with a government official was yesterday afternoon when I had just completed a report for Fox on the lack of government response. And an individual came up to me and said they were from the mayor's office and informed me this was a media-free zone. And he said, I looked at the individual and said, no, actually, it's the United States of America. And the guy walked away. Tom, this is the state of America. At the end of the day, the soldiers and Marines at Kabul were on their own. It's clear the more we find out. They were ordered to be where they were, but their safety was completely up to them. A report came out uh, earlier this week that we knew exactly where the bomber and his cell were. We informed the Taliban that assured us they were going to take care of the situation. But shockingly, we couldn't trust the Taliban. So the guy got free access and snuffed out the lives of 13 young Americans who wore the uniform of their country. The people of East Palestine, Ohio, learned in pretty quick order 
They were on their own. The liberals in Manhattan are learning they're on their own. But the people the of border the communities found out three years right. ago they're on their own. But to, to, to buttress your point, there are 11 military bases across Oahu, Maui, Kauai and the Big Island. Eleven. Hawaii is the third smallest state in the country. There are 44,000 active duty Navy personnel on Oahu right now and over 60,000 support personnel. There are 10,000 Marines on Oahu. You're the first person that even mentioned that. Well, I'm, I'm choosing now to ask for the raise. And I expect more than the cost of living. <laughs> I, no, and I, I mean, we're out of time, but explain that to me. How does everybody in the media, if this had happened. Uh, because the media is not a media. The media is the propaganda arm of the deep state. Every institution has been polluted and they've been poisoned. It, why, why didn't the Russian media tell people what was really happening at Chernobyl? Because it wasn't a media. We don't have a media. The closest thing we have to a media is this. Things like what we're doing. You know what? Uh, that's, that's, I'm going to do an op-ed on it. And I might, I might give you credit. I might not. It depends on... <laughs> uh, I, I, no, I am. I'm going to do so. I, it's be, uh, no, I think the... And the crux of the op-ed would be that Gary Bauer, on rare occasions, actually has salient points to make. No, I'm stunned. We're almost a week into this, and it is the very first time I've thought about it because you, in one of your you know, 15, 20-minute monologues, asked where our Navy was. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Oahu is... Like the world's most explosive armory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I thought about it when somebody um, in Hawaii, you you know, as as more and more details get out, that people aren't careful about their language. And so one of the commentators says, instead of this being the worst natural disaster, he said, this is the worst disaster that's ever happened in Hawaii. And I thought, hmm, I don't know. Pearl Harbor probably ranks up there somewhere. And then when I thought of Pearl Harbor, I thought, wait a minute. We've got a Navy in Hawaii. <laughs> we used to. And it's like the first line of defense. We used can, to. can anybody, you know, wake some admiral up or get him out of his transgender training session to ask him if he might be able to Give a little tip of the hat to the people of Maui that are 80 miles away. It's just it's unbelievable. We're out of time. We're out of time. Gary, thank you very much. You've finally, finally contributed something to the show. I've been sick and tired of carrying the weight of this show, to be honest with you. And you finally showed up with some games. So I'm grateful. (laughs) Have a great couple. Folks, excuse my emotionalism this morning, (laughs) but uh I was just thinking the other day what Spike Bauer would be doing right now, and I, I think Spike Bauer would probably be in having a drink in jail oh. with the other January sixth <laughs> defendant. Gotta run. We'll talk to you in a couple of days. God bless and uh, have a great week or a couple whatever. All right, you do the sign off, Big Shot. Yeah, you know, uh, 
Do not fear, ladies and gentlemen. Stiffen your spine. Challenging days are ahead. We are all going to be measured to find out what kind of men we are. God bless you all. Amen. Amen. 